Are you ready? Okay, Smokey. Roll him. <laughs> That's silly. Shoot him now! Shoot him now! Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, a Loon Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Halem, joined by... And I'm Jordan Schmidt, and as we begin to ramp up to our next movie episode, we figured that we would, for the hell of it, look back at a partnership that we've skirted the lines of uh, once or twice on this show, and that is the Sylvester and Tweety combo. So we've uh, gotten three shorts featuring either Sylvester and Tweety, Sylvester... um, Tweety and a cat that may or may not be actually Sylvester or may just be a random cat they found backstage or Sylvester and a bunch of fucking dogs and occasionally Tweety. So, you know, we run the whole gamut here. You curious this anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I don't know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so the shorts we'll be covering today are Birdie and the Beast, Tweety's S.O.S., and dog pounded. Yeah, and what's very funny is that we have three very different eras of Sylvester and Tweety cartoons, or Tweety cartoons in general. Mm-hmm. And it's what's very funny is that Warren Foster wrote all three of these cartoons. So that's the one thing oh, that it's remains a Warren constant. Foster episode. Yes, thank you, Warren, Warren Fosterathon, for all your good work working with the bird and the cat. But yeah, but we go through various different incarnations and, and versions of not only these, these characters, but this duo, and we'll talk about how it sort of changes or what the mentalities are, are in between all three of them. Because these are, even if these are stock characters, these are very different ways of dealing with them. I mean, for, for three shorts written by the same guy, you can tell just in these three shorts the different comedy sensibilities yes. throughout the history of Warner Brothers yes. cartoons. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, yeah, one that's from the early days that's a little bit more big and bombastic. Then you go into the next phase where it's very much, you know, you have a plot line like it's a it's your typical chase cartoon. Yeah. And then reach and then reach the third one where it's kind of a, 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 a mixture of in-between of both styles coming together. Yeah. It's the era where it's like, okay, we've done enough of this sort of trope for these two characters. Let's try something different. And that's that's honestly one of the most clever parts of the Tweety and Sylvester era, where like, just like the, late, the mid to late 50s, where you can see Frizz and Warren and, eventually, and Ted Pierce, I imagine, begin to experiment with how we can change the dynamic and how we can make it different from the conventional Tweety and Sylvester cartoons. And that's why I think it was important to have something like that in this one as well. But before we get to that one, we have our (laughs) arguably the most different of all, which is the Bob Clampett short of the three. This is Birdie and the Beast. This is one of the first Tweety cartoons after A Tale of Two Kitties and before Tweety Pie. And this is back when Bob Clampett was handling the character, which is pretty odd. I mean, thankfully, no Babbitt and Castello in this. Thankfully. No, no. This cat is a lot more well-behaved. And yeah. totally isn't Sylvester in a different design. No, totally isn't an early variation of Sylvester. Birdie and the Beast came out on August 19th, 1944. On this day, the well, a war was going on. 
yeah, on this day, uh, Paris was beginning to be liberated by the Allied forces as they were beginning to claw oh. the city of Paris out of from under the Nazi regime. So, you know, but yeah, lots of war it was things. A good that day. Happened. Yeah, and there, there was another thing where like there was a, a Nazi general that uh, committed suicide on this day after being cornered by troops. So like, very good day for the Allied. Oh Paris. my God! Yeah. So. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was a big move for them. We don't get a lot of good news stories from World War II. That's Not a really, pretty no, good news yeah. story for World War II. Yeah, you know, that's as, as far as it goes. Yeah, uh, as I discussed, this is a Bob Clampett short, which was direct written by Warren Foster. This is a pretty simple setup of you know because we have this cat character who's early version of Sylvester. They had this sort of he has this permit kind of scowl. He has more of a belly than Sylvester but still very much the same wants and needs, including wanting to, you know, eat the bird. So we have obviously, you know, at the beginning of this is him climbing a tree to try and get Tweety. And I love the gag of the cat climbing the tree, continuing to climb in midair, and still managing to catch the higher part of the tree without falling. Again, physics does not apply to cartoon characters unless they look down. Yep. And that's what I kind of love about cartoons. It's like, okay, you can be completely unaware of the existence of physics. You just have to, you know... Once you realize, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't work, then it's, you know. There's another instance of this later on in the cartoon. Oh, my God, yeah. And it's a great one. And just early on, even at stasis, even at the very beginning of this cartoon, just the animation energy of both him sort of whistling and blowing Tweety's feathers around and Tweety shaking himself awake. Yes, my my homie likes his food young. Seriously, who who, who wolf whistles at their food? I, I never once went to Olive Garden and went. You should go to Olive Garden with me sometime. That I clearly do that. Oh, they, they put some pasta fagioli in front of me. I'm like, you just you just turn into the texture of a wolf. Pretty much, hey. with a table. It's like, sir, sir, here's your spagoli. Please leave me alone. I mean, I just, but I am basically like that with food. Um, these are honestly pretty simple Tweety gags. Start with, off with, we get our usual, you know, I told I told a putty tat, but like a sort of an earlier version of it because Mel obviously doesn't know completely what he's doing yet. He hasn't like fully sunk into the character yet, but it's 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 the beginning of like cute, smart-ass Tweety. Like, you know, not, not full domesticated loves granny Tweety, just like, you know, just out in the wild, absolute smart-ass. <laughs> and... Yes. and He's good at it, yeah, but it's it's more really it's it's, it's, it's mean it's more mean spirited because Bob Clampett's more mean spirited. But um, yeah, these are pretty simple gags to start out with. You know, Tweety's escaping, the cat not noticing. I mean, again, they haven't given them much of, the, of a character of the cat, but the little you know why you that Mel adds is a nice touch. Oh, you mean the O Y U that I wrote here? Hey, that sounds like Sylvester's voice. Yeah, it does. Yes, it is. Yeah. Why <laughs> you? Again, it's not spot on, but it's it's clearly you know the road to it's Sylvester. Road to Sylvester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, the physics role that I talked of earlier, oh when God. the cat starts flying after Tweety, <laughs> and I love how he doesn't realize he's doing it until he realizes, hey, wait a minute, cats physically can't do this, 
has a big reaction, both in voice and animation, and then he just shrugs and falls. I, I just love because uh, he jumps off the branch, and for a good, like, ten seconds, there's just footage of a cat flying. Yeah. And it's it's great. Just as chaotic around down here, the fuck is that cat doing? <laughs> because it's so goddamn funny. The cat's flying. Perfect. But, um... um but, you know... It's flying. It's really, really flying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's not. Um... But yeah, I forget that I forget whether or not in uh, Tale of Two Kitties, if Tweety had, uh, had done a. Uh, he fall down and go. Boom! I probably uh, I don't know, but um, it's done very well here. It is, yeah. Mel's very capable of this kind of range in this era. Um, he, he tries it again later in the cartoon, and just a, 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 like a softer version of it. But yeah, no, Mel can do those those big things here. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the little uh, powerhouse motif there as the cat goes through yes, push the bulldog's food. Um, and <laughs> this, is a, this is a simple kind of gag where he's going through his food then Butch actually comes out of his, his doghouse and sees a cat going through his food and gets the wrong idea. And so you just see yeah. Sylvester... The, the, well, okay. You see the cat's sheepish smile as he tries to put everything back in. I love that. And, and what I love about all this is, you know... Tweet didn't have to be there for this. No. But I love as, as this is going on, Tweet just comes, like, he, he's at the bottom of the frame just looking at this. Yeah, he's just, just like, hmm. Just looking at the hmm. chaos he's made and just <laughs> enjoying it. And yeah. That's what I, I love about early Tweety is the chaotic nature of, of, of Tweety in this. He's just, yes, I'm going to dwell in the, in the utter chaos that I'm creating. I become Tweety, destroyer. Destroyer of worlds, yes. Um, uh, Tweetyheimer coming to theaters this uh, this July. So you know what's going to happen next because you see a dog on a chain and you think, oh, I wonder if he's going to go to the end of his rope and get yanked back. And, and there's great timing of both the cat running away and the strides of the bulldog chasing after him set to the music. And then, of course, you know he gets to the end of his chain and that's obvious. But the vi <laughs> the visual of the dog. With his face smushed to the very top, just sort of sitting there thinking. <laughs> now I laugh. And now, at Jordan, that. you you found that funny. I found I it about uh, my sleep dialysis uh, demon. Oh, because the best way I could describe it. No, it was funny, but also like uh, a little bit demented. So I was like, yes. "Oh man, it's my favorite Dick Tracy villain." Yeah, and I couldn't think of a good dog pun. Well, you don't need to do a dog pun, because it's just, it's Smushed Face. You don't need to do a dog thing. S smushed Face, that's his name. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a very silly visual of just the, the dog with the very smushed face. Just, just sitting there. I do appreciate the dog just going, I give up, screw it, and then he's gone the rest of the picture. He gives up. Well, we smush my face once, there's no reason for me to be here. Just, you know... Yeah, you don't get that a lot. Usually in like a cat and dog cartoon, it goes the entire thing. No, the dog's like, fuck this. My 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 modeling career's ruined. Oh no. My face and also my leg, but mostly my face. Um later than we usually reference that show. Um Yeah. So, okay, we, we go right into the, the match gag we have where, where Tweety oh, walks into, into... I keep making the mistake. It, it, okay, I'm, get, I'm It's Sylvester. 
I'm going to stop stopping myself. It's Sylvester. Okay. But yeah, um, Tweety um, just walks his way into Sylvester's mouth and, and you know, lights a match. And this is, an initially, is not initially funny because like, okay, he lights a match. But then, like, it apparently makes it really hot in his mouth. And I love him not only bonking his head up on the post above, just his reaction, but just the... <laughs> The line of Tweety running out of the smoking mouth going, Help, the putty tat is on fire. <laughs> and then coming out in a full fireman outfit with a hose that, with a hose of gasoline. Uh, again, this instance where Tweety acted like a child really hopes, because Tweety's like, it's like a child mentality. Like, oh yeah. no, it's on fire. I'm going to play fireman. I'm going to say the woo-hoo, woo-hoo. And then just cover the hose. Plugs into the plate, and you're like, oh, okay, he's gonna, like, put a bunch of water into him and explodes or whatever. But no, because then he jumps up, and we see a big tag, a big container that says gas. Yeah. And I'm like, god damn it, this is why I love Demented Tweety. It's so good. And what's <laughs> funny is that even after Sylvester lands, you get the sense that that might have been, at one point, the last gag. Because right. it fades out. That's what I was thinking. It fades out, and it the gag that we get next is it feels like it's it's lengthened in order to make up time. Like it feels like something else must have been cut, and maybe with the dog, perhaps, and they had to bring in another gag. This gag with um, him doing a nest trap and the uh, and the chicken coming in, and I mean, yes, as good as a chi- as the visual of a chicken coming around the corner humming as time goes by, it clucks is. Like it's it's very much a it's a lengthened gag. It feels too drawn out. It feels like it's trying to take up time, and it's like okay, why didn't you just end with the last one and maybe put this in before it? But you know, I don't. I mean, I will say that when we do fade back in from the the explosion gag, I do really like the animation of Tweety like walking, kind of minding his own business. But even that feels like it's been lengthened. It's like, okay, let's have him do this it, for an extra is. 15 seconds it so is. we can take up time, you know. But Yeah, but um, <sighs> yeah, yeah, the cat kind of laying the nest on him yeah. as the chicken to the nest. I wrote down here, is he going to suck the eggs out of her? Well, essentially. And, um, you know, they're just eggs. There, there were no chicks in that hatch that the chicken laid, but... Uh, Tweety does smash the cat's face and lean all the eggs to burst. Yeah. So I'm like, well, they're just eggs. Yeah. Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> Tweety just totally didn't commit mass murder on chickens. No. Good. No, of course not. So uh, Sylvester liberated them. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and what throws me off is that that gag was handled so slowly, like it was filming, filling time, and then we suddenly go to double speed and start whizzing through gags again for the rest of this. So it's either it's going too slowly or too quickly. Pick one. Though I'll have to say, though, that this last gag oh, no, is it's great. pretty good. It is. They, they run up the tree, and, you know, it's very much, you know, tree is like, oh, no, help me, help me, oh, he's coming, he's gonna get me. Randomly grabs a grenade. Tree just has a grenade on hand at the ready at all times. Of course, it's wartime. Yeah, yeah, hey, you, you never know where you're gonna need a grenade. No. Where was, where was that public service announcement? 
I never once saw Bugs Bunny in a public service announcement in the 40s going, now kids, remember, you never know when things are going to go south. Always so always keep... have a grenade. Yeah. No, no, I, I was using the wrong words because um, I, 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 I was using the wrong voice because I was trying to do like, always um, do a grenade. But I should have done, hi, I'm Troy McClure. Remember, if you think a German's going to be coming around the corner, make sure you have a grenade on you. But not on you, because it may explode. Remember, if you hold the pin, it's not a sin. <laughs> yeah, that's when like the Christianity complex in there. Um, you hold the pin, it's not a sin. You keep the bomb, pray to mom. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, so how's that cartoon end? But yeah, no, because because you know Tweety just casually hands the cat a grenade. Um, and obviously we hear the explosion off screen and, um, and Tweety just sort of grins at us and goes, you know, I get rid of more putty tats that way and crosses up a tally out of hundreds of casualties he's caused. <laughs> that is one lethal bird knocking out more cats yeah. than the, than the allied forces, man. We should have sent him over to Paris. Would have been killing all the Nazis like, like stuffed cats. Oh, man. You know, this type of Tweety, you know what? They can't because Tweety was so brand new at the time. But my God, you said that. Well, actually, we do kind of know what that would look like thanks to the Lean Tunes. I was about to say, didn't we cover one where the yeah. where Tweety was a war did, hero? Yeah. Tweety kicked Nazi ass. All we need now is a remake of Captain America First Avenger, but with Tweety. It's, it, it's with Tweety and, like, Sylvester's Bucky Barnes. And, like, and, like, Tweety thinks that Sylvester's ways of trying to eat him are actually endearing. It's like, oh, Tweety cat, you're my best friend. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the Red Skull. Damn this super soldier theorem. If he didn't have that, I would have eaten them by now. <laughs> okay, um... But yeah, um, this one, you know, it's one of those ones. I mean, we get we, we get these from now and then. Where like when I watched it down initially, I didn't like. I'm like, okay, it's not that much for me. But then in talking about what worked about it, I'm like, you know, actually maybe this was a little better than I originally thought. Because I mean, I, I like the gag mentality. I liked how well formed Tweety was at this point. And you have to, you can't deny that that when when Clampett has his when he's doing the right thing and when he's when he's in the right you know, pacing and everything, then it, when everything's clicking, then it's all it's all worth it. But just, you know, the last third of this cartoon threw me off a bit with pacing, but it at least has a good ending. And a good. It, I, I say it worked more than it didn't, and I think I'm a bit higher on it now than I was when I watched it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the energy in this. Yes, it, it kind of got a little bit wonky uh, near the end, but I, I, I got enough enjoyment out of it to kind of see past it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tweety is something again we see very little in today's loony environment uh, except for the Looney Tunes cartoons where <clears> they <throat> just went full horn hog with it which I appreciate yeah. and just like the ballsiness of the moves Tweety does in this are fantastic that gas gag is fan that's an all time great Looney Tune gag for me yeah uh, I'm just I'm just you know it, it's literally like like how could this get any worse Tweety gets the gas <laughs> 
just just the fact that we have a Looney Tunes cartoon that has the line, help, help, the putty tat is on fire. That alone is it makes this essential. Just you and, know, and just like the, and it's, I love the animation of, yeah. of 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 Sylvester just going red. It's very nicely done. The, the lights of the flame coming out of his eyes and everything. It's really nicely well done. So it is. for for a lot of this, this is a really really damn good cartoon. So, it is. Uh, it's just it's yeah. structurally flawed, but it it works more than it does, obviously. So I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. I'm giving it a 4 out of 5. Okay, and that's fair. That's very fair. Okay. All right. So the next short we got here is... Uh, about like, like seven-ish years after, after this, after yours. It, it's a Tweety's S.O.S. It came out on September 22nd, 1951. Glad to have it on that day. It's a nice music one for you, Jordan. Uh, David Coverdale. Oh, okay. vocalist of the band Whitesnake and yeah. brief member of Deep Purple from 1973 to, I believe, 1976. Yeah. Was the, born on this day. David Coverdale. Very nice. Um, you can tell that um, James Gunn is a big... White Snake fan because the big the 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 last episode of Peacemaker the the big incident and it uh, happens at the at, at, at I believe Coverdale Ranch and seeing is as it's uh, about a guy who's obsessed with hair metal from the eighties and early nineties it's really only fitting that you know you get like okay <laughs> well, let's let's put a little White Snake. What? Um, Easter egg in there. Oh man! Yeah. So yeah, yeah. White Snake oh, is is cheeky. fine. You know, I I I have no real qualms against White Snake. I mean, hair metal is not my favorite genre, but it's pretty good. I've heard here I here I go again on my own. Every time I'm at work, you know, the, that's the radio station. They yeah. The funny thing about that song is that there's two different versions of it that get then they both get airplay. Right, yeah. There's like the original version. That starts kind of with the guitars and everything, and then there's the the one that's like really overplayed, the one that starts out with like the the soft sort of ballady kind of thing before it goes into the yeah, guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was driving in Florida a couple weeks uh, last month or, or several months ago when this comes out, and they played the original version, the one that that starts out with the guitars rather than sort of you know goes softly, and that one I honestly prefer. <laughs> As would I, because it would not be the version I hear every time I'm at work. Ah, uh, man. So. Da, 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 da. Okay. So the short was directed by Frizz Freeling, written by Warren Foster. No one surprised. Uh, fun fact. Uh, Tweety's line of dialogue, <laughs> at a girl granny, give him a head in the head. Yeah. Was used in uh, the Flash in the Pain Roadrunner cartoon we covered about a couple months back. And now yeah, 3D Roadrunner shorts. When I heard Tweety say that, I'm like, you know, that sounds familiar. That's that's got to be the one we did in the in the Wiley. And sure enough, it is. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's so funny that this cartoon. So, by the, the reason this show was chosen, by the by, uh, this was on Golden Collection Volume One. Yes, Volume One. I know that 
because my sister used to watch this short all the time. And Volume 1, that one didn't have too many Tweety and Sylvester cartoons, right? Because I I think Volume 2 had the full disc of them, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, I can pull off my shelf. I think so. Because I remember watching the other ones more than this one. Yeah, but this was a short that was on costume rotation. People were like, oh, I want Tweety SOS. I'm like, okay. And I got to a point where I was a little bit tired of Tweety's SOS. Now, thankfully, this is the first time I've seen this short in a while. So there isn't going to be any like, oh, God, all oh, this gag. Oh, God, I've seen this a million times. Like, like to be honest with you, I only really remember the first minute of this cartoon. Honestly, yeah. That's how I remember the most. It is the beginning of this. So, a short begins with, ironically enough, we're covering the, a subject like this again, uh, tweeting Granny or going on a cruise. Huh. Um, we've, we've done a, a tweeting yeah. Sylvester. Uh, we've done a Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries one like that. Yeah, stay tuned at the end for more information on that. Um, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, I'm sorry. Um, Fuck. No, 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 that's fine. No, 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 that's what, about, no, that's what, that's what I'm referring to. That's all oh, I'm referring to. Man. So, Sylvester... Well, actually, we do begin with, you know, Sylvester is yes. on the streets. <laughs> He's looking for some food. Yes? Yes, Sylvester is on the streets. He's like, man, I need some grub. Not that. What it is 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 just the shots before of just Sylvester being really contemplative. There's a surprising number of contemplative Sylvester shots in this cartoon. <laughs> of just the ones where he's just walking along the docks of a gi- as a giant boat and he's just sort of sitting there alone, pondering his own existence, trying to figure out food. <laughs> this is a man with a lot more on his mind than just catching birds. Watch. It turns out this short is the one that took place after he burned down that building. <laughs> oh no, there were casualties. <laughs> Pavilion gone. So, I, 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 I got a town, a cruise ship. Yes, that's right. Now I hope it's I'm nothing. Gonna... Nothing uh, reminds me of anything I did in the last twenty-four hours. Was that a bird? So Sylvester sees this bird, and I do love the um. Because the ship, it's rocking up and down, I so love it's this. just, you know, Sylvester's sitting there complimenting his life choices <laughs> as, like, Tweety, like, goes in and out of a frame. <laughs> Sylvester notices it. We then cut in the inverse. <laughs> I love inverse, and Sylvester is just like, ooh, he's like doing, he's like putting his hands together. He's going, so like, happy. That's just Tweety looking out, going, I thought that playing tan. Da, 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 da. Oh, I did! I did see. <laughs> um, perfect. Well, also, also, like I said, I, I did like the reveal of Sylvester. He hits like the back of his head on the uh, what he was leaning against when he notices Tweety. I like that. That's a very like nice. That that's a very nice uh, detail. Perfect. Very nice detail. As um, you know, Sylvester opens the the. the, the the window and goes, hello there, breakfast. Very Sylvester. Wonderful. And of course, obviously, he's, he's disposed of easily. Thrown back. I, I love him just sort of climbing back out of the water and batting away a crab on his tail. 
So eventually, Sylvester boards the, the ship and goes to room 341, where Sylvester is. He gets Tweety, runs out. I, I just love this reveal of, of Granny opening the door and going, Aha! <laughs> but the timing is, is that the, they, they place the door at the right point so that the reveal of Granny being in the doorway is even funnier. So the, the second he actually gets the door, he's like, oh, there she is. You're going to burn. How many times have I told you this? I'm sick of your shit. Anyway. Um, this is chronology. And, yeah. Oh, man. That's going to reveal. And um, Sylvester is just like, oh, okay. Oh, I was like, oh, I wasn't going to eat the bird here. That, tw- that tweet is going, what a hypocrite. Yeah, it's great. Um, around here, um, uh, they figure out what to do with Granny in this cartoon to make sure that gags can happen, right? Yes, which is to make her Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's literally Velma from Scooby-Doo. She the same pose. And is so, yeah, same pose and everything. Yeah, just just somewhere, uh, mid middle aged, sure, middle aged. Hanna Barbera's. Go- okay, hold on, hold on. Scooby Doo was actually by Hanna Barbera. It was, it was, it was uh, JF. It was Lee Harvey Oswald's. Uh- <laughs> it was Jack Ruby, not no Joe Ruby, not Jack Ruby. Joe Ruby, right? Sure, sure, whatever. Everyone has an alibi. Um. Yeah, who made it? Just they were just sitting in the theater, going, "Can't see anything without my glasses." Shit, write that down. Okay, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so and I just love the evilness of Sylvester. Just creates kind of the to the, to the glasses, and sort of just kicks it over. <laughs> I love that because again. You can see flustered feeling going, well, we have to make sure Granny doesn't interfere with the other gags. So let's just dispose of her for a little bit by making her blind as a fucking bat. <laughs> um, yeah, so eventually, you know, they do more chasing. Tweety finds the glasses, gives them the Granny to a great reveal of just going, aha, you! Takes out an umbrella, starts hitting Sylvester. Even to the point where Sylvester runs off the boat and Grant just throws her umbrella at him. I loved that. I loved that timing so much. So then, you know, they they say their goodbyes. Uh, there's a John Mulaney there who called his friend and go, hey, do you want to say goodbye to some people on a, <laughs> on a boat, on a ship? No, I don't know that. It's a really funny bit. That's the only reason I'm bringing it. It up. is. It's, really it's so funny. good. Um, yeah. By the time this comes out, his new special is going to be out, I think, right? Oh, by the time this comes out, I'll also be on a cruise, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So, we think of this reveal that Sylvester has, you know, stuck himself on boards, lifeboat number 13, because he's that cat. And, you know, Granny and Tweety, they're just chilling. And, uh, and so they're just takes Granny's glasses. And I, I love it when cartoons, yeah. when any cartoon does this. I love this, where they paint a crudely drawn version of a character to, like, get away with something. And 
I, I just love to know works. how many versions of crappily drawn Tweety had to be gone through before they're like, yes, this one. Because it's a crudely drawn photo of of, uh, of Tweety. So I, I would love to know who animated that just so I can know who, uh, who, who, who was the design that won it. It's like, ah, on, yes. I think the same. I think the yeah. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, I think yes. the same. Yes. Hang on. Hold on. I think. Hang on. I have to. I think the same you, person who um who who did who got that also was responsible for um for the following. Uh, this week great on an audio podcast. <laughs> yes, currently drawn grandpa. From the Simpsons. Thank you. Oh, God. Now, 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 what episode is that from again? I forget. I just remember that it's in there. I think it's from the one of the clip shows. Don't quote me. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, Savannah just puts on her glasses, steals Tweety, Tweety's yelling for help, as uh, Granny wakes up, looks over, and it just perfectly matches. The crew drawing into the cage. It's so fucking funny. That's, that's <laughs> why we love Freeling and, and Foster, because they can throw in things like that. And, you know, well, this is a genius idea here. Yeah. So Sylvester chases Tweet onto, like, a, a high wire on the boat. We then get the bit from Who Friend Roger Rabbit. You know, it's, it's, it's a, he's hanging on the wire. He talks out the phone. Yeah, yeah Amy Maimo. You know how it goes. Um, yeah. But the next gag after that, the next gag <laughs> begins with a shot of Sylvester hanging his head off the side of the boat. <laughs> More dramatic, contemplative images of Sylvester. He if just you can just look. <laughs> if you could just put the the. Just, just Sylvester looking to the abyss, and you see like moments of of his horrible deeds. At the very end, you just hear, "Help! Help! help there's a fire! A fire! No! The pudding tent's on fire!" <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God! So we get this reveal. That Sylvester is actually seasick, and I, I love, love it. I love the animation of seasick Sylvester. Yes, it, it's fantastic. I love it too. It's so <laughs> silly, and I love that that now that Tweety knows this, he's gonna try and, oh and screw with him for the whole oh rest of this. I love this again. This is a bit of that evil Tweety from the from the early forties yes. coming back. Just oh well. I have here this lovely salted pork. Something on your tummy, pooty cat. A nice, fat, juicy piece of salt pork. Salt pork. It just runs. It's like, oh no! It's so funny. Oh my goodness. And, and and it just runs into the first aid kit, sees like a seasickness 
fix medicine. He takes it. He feels better. You can hear, you can hear three guys going gurgle, 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 gurgle. gurgle, gurgle. So Sylvester gets better temporarily, as we as we later find out. Yeah. Um, as um, oh my goodness. Uh, so this like 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 so tweets about her chase each other throughout the boats. Um, eventually they go to the furnace, and of course you know Tweety High so goes to the furnace. And I do love the anim- the animation of um of Sylvester. Getting shot out of the um, oh the timing, uh, of the the, the two the, 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 the yeah the top of the, the boat yeah just, just flung out screaming. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my goodness! Again, we've seen a gag like this before, but it's all in the timing of. Is immediately followed by Tweety making Sylvester seasick again. Yeah, oh my god, I love it so much. It's like, um, because Tweety has Sylvester in a corner, so she just takes out a picture of a boat and just and starts <laughs> shaking it. Like, it was a terrible storm up <laughs> one way, down another, walking, 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 and really Sylvester green. It fucking works. And then Chaotic Tweety strikes again where she, he just takes what, nitroglycerol and just pours yeah. it into the, into the sea sickness. <laughs> and uh, I like how this sort of works for a little while in the, in the wrong way because Sylvester's just spitting fire at him. <laughs> He's spitting hot bars, yo. Literally, oh, yeah. he's spinning hot fire. Sylvester versus Porky Rap. Let's go. No, 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 no. But what's great is that we actually have the payoff of Granny waiting to completely whop Sylvester. But now with the added <laughs> knowledge, wait a minute, he's full of nitroglycerin, so this isn't going to go well for anybody. Even Tweety's like, no, no, Granny. <laughs> now, thankfully, Granny's mostly unharmed. But Sylvester, I thought he was going to get shot into into space and not even sky space from Highway Runnery. It just, okay, I put down in here, Sylvester blows up. Now, he doesn't actually blow up, but they do like a little like firework effect or something just yeah. to symbolize that. Like, I like that. He's going through some shit as he falls <laughs> from the sky and got the captain of the ship looking up going... I told I told a putty turds. Bam! I love that. Gets up. A uh, Sylvester is in is is positioned in a way where he looks like those like dead animal scarves that used to be a thing. And then we just cut over to Granny and Tweety. And goddamn, we could have had a moment of Granny sing. Oh no! Now look at me! Look at me! Me and Tweety are the captains now. Dun, dun. <laughs> We are an unarmed traitor. That's Sylvester doing a Boston accent, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, so, hey, that's where he ended. You know, hey, Granny Tweety won and Sylvester's been blown up by nitroglycerin. Which, yes, exactly. notice, by the way, notice, by the way, there's, there's now two consecutive Tweety and a cat cartoons where Tweety fills up the cat with gas. 
Yeah, it was a move that Tweedy made in the, in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. But uh, standards and practices told him to stop. Oh, um, my God, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> this, oh, this is fun. This is so much fun. Yeah. I love the chase between Sylvester and the boat. The seasick runner was fantastic. Really good animation in this. Fun, a fun story <laughs> beat. It, it, it just worked, man. I, I really enjoyed this one. They packed so much into seven minutes, and you could yeah. see. You can see why Freeling and Foster did certain things at certain points. This is a really well-constructed cartoon because you obviously have Granny as the impending danger for Sylvester and you don't know when she's going to actually get him again. Um, but you also have the seasickness thing. You also have all of these things you know about the, the, the nitroglycerin and things. So many different elements that fit together perfectly and just so many little things. that, that The whole middle of this cartoon was pretty uproarious. And just so many really silly things, one after the other after the other. I see why they rushed to include it on the very first Golden Collection, because this is one of the best Tweet and Sylvester ones they did. So I'm giving this short 4.5 out of 5 anvils. This was a that fantastic is, short. That is exactly what I'm giving it. 4.5 out of 5. Really, really, really damn good tweeting Sylvester short. They were on fire in that era. But then again, this was also the era where they were doing the more... Formula, not formulaic tweeting Sylvester shorts, but the ones where they were, you know, they're on a boat, they're on a train, you know. Right, but at this point, they were doing these locations, but they were still doing gags aimed specifically at these locations that were different and new in each one. Um, so the last short, uh, Dog Pound It. <laughs> yes, which is in the Let's Take Some Risks era of um, Sweeting Sylvester cartoons. Uh, came out on January 2nd, 1954. Yeah. Guys, what happened on that day? Cynthia Sykes. Oh, actually, I found three good ones. Huh? Yeah, three born on, on the, the days. Uh, Cynthia Sykes, American actress who's in Flamingo Road and St. Elsewhere, was born in Coffeyville, Kansas. They drink tea there. The, the birth process must have been very fast. <laughs> yeah, they had to sh- uh, they really had to go to the bathroom afterwards. Um, yeah. Um, but also, uh, two members from um, Parliament Funkadelic were also born on, on this day. Yeah, man. Like, Not they, one. Two? No, man. I, I got two of them. I'll send them in the chat for you because like, you have way more to say about it than, than I do. <laughs> Yes, as you know, I, I am the resident funk expert in, yeah, in this quite old You're funky as hell. I'm incredibly funky, and and again, not like not like funky as in is in good musically, but funky as in it smells like it's been out there for too long and, and needs to be put in the garbage. Uh, yeah, no, uh, obviously we talked about Parliament Funkadelic um, when we talked when I we had our uh, Bootsy Collins uh, in uh, Lunatics Unleashed episode, but. Um, but yeah, that's a very big band that had a lot of member of a lot of members over the course of its long history, and it, it actually doesn't shock me at all. Two of them were born on the same day because I had to check that I wasn't in Parliament Funkadelic because there are so many people in that fucking band. Yes, uh, uh, specifically uh, Don Silva and Glenn Gain. 
Goins. Glenn yeah. Goins uh, yeah. were, uh, were both born on this day. Uh, Goins probably uh, born in Plainfield, New Jersey. So that's mm. cool. And Don Silver, uh, Don Silva also was a part of Sly and the Family Stone. So that's oh, nice. so not just one funk institution of the 1970s, but two. So, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, I couldn't find crap for that day, so I'm glad you were able to get something out of it. Like the other uh, Sylvester and Tweety cartoons of that era, Frizz Freeling directed it, Warren Foster wrote it. So the cartoon starts out with Sylvester being sad and contemplative. Is everything all right, bud? Listen, Sylvester, Sylvester did that fire. He tried to escape on the ship. It didn't work. So now he's just like, fuck it. Send me to the dogs. Have the dogs get at me. I don't deserve this. We've just, we, 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 we started this to just say, hey, let's do some fun, goofy Sylvester and Tweety cartoons. What we've done is we've uncovered a lost Paul Schrader movie of a man struggling with survivor's guilt. Listen, because Sylvester is out in these streets trying to find some food. He opens a garbage can, sees already cat in there minding his own damn business. He's like, oh, sorry, puts the lid back on. Um... Yeah, he's having a rough time. And, you know, he just... He looks up, and there's Tweety Bird. So he's like, Oh! Yeah, sure! Why not? I got nothing else to lose! As, um, you know, same old thing. You know, Tweety's like, Oh, I thought yeah. I saw a bunny tent. And yeah, I do love Mel's delivery of... <laughs> yeah! Very like, oh hell yeah, this is going down. Um, and just the instant, as soon as he goes over, goes inside, and there's that lovely shot of all the dogs looking at him. It's a lovely. I love that. I love that shot. Just <laughs> a sea of angry bulldogs. So I mean, look. I mean, this is the easy part of the cartoon. I mean, we know the way this is constructed. We know the concept. We know where the gags are going to lead. Obviously, every one of them is going to end with Sylvester falling into the pile of dogs. And we just have to roll them. We have to say, okay, one after the other after the other. What gag can be done with the same ending and the same beginning of Sylvester trying to get Tweety all, all the way above all those dogs in, in the pound? And so here is where they begin to have a lot of fun. Oh, my God. So the first one is like... The, what's it? Yeah, the wire walking umbrella bit. Yeah, it's it's not just from like the low brass music we get as he tries it, but also the image of every single blow dog blow every single bulldog blowing a bit and this working <laughs> like they know what to do. They've been here before. Yeah, <laughs> and then just as Sylvester's going down, it's Sylvester going like trying to blow it back up, and of course it doesn't doesn't work. The Gets mauled by these mauled by these dogs, um, and then the next guy I really liked where he te- he's like, okay, I can't do air, I'll just dig a hole. So he just digs a <laughs> hole underneath everything, and I love this. He just you know he's digging, 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 
and you're on he's, he's on the left side of the screen. So he's like he's digging And I love how <laughs> we just go in. all of a sudden the dogs are in frame with little helmet lights on and we just cut above ground. We don't, we don't need to see the dogs take care of Sylvester, just the reveal. And that's a very that's a lot of what makes this cartoons gang's work are the reveals. The slight in this. pan over. The slight pan over. There's dogs cut. <laughs> just and it, 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 it's so it's so funny. Just the little commotion from the hall as Sylvester tries to send everybody off. They're like, okay, guys, put let's go to the mine and then just take under this dog and try some shit. I mean, this cat's gonna try some shit, and that's. So good. I mean, a dog is going to try some shit in some next one because in in this next gag, which I think my single favorite move of this cartoon happened in this next gag because the whole thing is that Sylvester tries a dog costume <laughs> and it doesn't exactly work because it's it's quite clearly a costume. His paws are sticking out. The the, the mask flips off and you can clearly see Sylvester at one point. And he's, he's trying to, to make it work, you know, woof, woof. And I love the move of just... A shot of two bulldogs. One turns to the other, and the other just shakes his head. <laughs> like, it's not even an obvious, okay, we know this is a gag, let's kill him. It's just a moment's instinct of one of them going, I'm honestly not sure, what do you think? <laughs> like, you needed a second opinion. I mean, look, this looks like some bullshit, but, I, but I'm telling you, bulldogs are bulldog. we know bullshit. I could be wrong. <laughs> Because oh. they're pop dogs. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> it took a... is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm... Well, you shouldn't be proud of it. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> it's stupid. Clearly, it's stupid. Um, yeah. What I love is you know the end of the, that. Yeah. They're about to. Uh, they don't even get him. So I just runs out before they hurt him. He just walks out into the distance. There's a beat. Still in the dog costume. Still in the dog costume. There's a beat. And then just the dog catcher drives up. And as soon as I see the dog catcher go up, I just type in, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Sylvester still has to suffer. And we have to figure out any means necessary to get him back in there. So, oh, dog catcher's in town. Within seconds. Like, okay, now we can't have you run the streets. Here you go. Right where you belong. He doesn't, like, right where you belong. Like, some sort of, like, threat. And you can throw yeah. it in there. Shot commotion. <laughs> of course. Yes. Uh, the- oh, my God. Oh, my and God. <laughs> And again, what's great about this is that even the really simple gags in this work. Because, again, the simplicity of Sylvester looking over the edge of the fence... The bulldog sort of like pushing the, the the low part of it over, so it just twists like a like like a windmill almost, and brings him, Sylvester into the pound. It's not a complex gag at all, but it just really works, like without needing to be on screen much at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then um, if this were to get the voodoo, mass hypnotism. Mass hypnotism. Is this anything like the how to induce a person to jump off a cliff bit from the Wiley cartoon? <laughs> Maybe it's by the same person. That's their yeah, business. Yeah, probably. Yeah, how do we induce a person to jump off a cliff? Love <laughs> cartoons, man. Love cartoons. Um, yeah. 
So Sylvester learns this magic of mass hypnotism. She walks in, and honestly, this would do great on like a, a no context Looney Tunes clip. Just Sylvester walks yeah. in, beams shoot out of his eyes, <laughs> and, and then the, the dogs, dogs just freeze in place. In great expressions on the dogs, by the way. There's oh, I really love funny that. Expressions yeah, on the dogs. that was very funny. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so walks through the walks by the dogs, climbs up, gets a gets Tweety Tweety's like, help me, help me, help me. It's just Sylvester going, listen, try all you want. They can help you without the magic, without the, without the signal. Tweety's going like, yeah. oh, what, what, what magic signal? Like, oh, I'm you not going to tell. It's a special language. whistle or whatever, yeah. It, it, it's a, I think it's a police whistle or something, like a dog whistle. Yeah, something like that. And then, of course, the end of this gag is basically like a, an old school Tweety and Sylvester gag we've seen, I think, as, as early as Tweety Pie, where it just he's underneath a glass screaming and, and then he's got a pin because Sylvester knows he's going to do something. So I brought that back and just to... And so for that, for my money, it was like a like a less original payoff to this, but it's still a good gag. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, it's a really good gag. Just, I mean, I love how like, even in, in 54, just Sylvester going, well, not entirely, oh, not this again, but just, again, I, I love whenever Sylvester tries to get the upper hand on tree. It's like, nope, because I went, oh, shit, he's prepared this time. Like, yeah, yeah, the, he knew what he was going to do. And then, of course, you know, that... That demented Tweety side that that comes out sometimes in this era, just yeah. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but yeah, um, and again, a lot of the next few are really simple ones. Like, okay, Sylvester climbs up the tree. The dogs are already on the branches. Great, simple. Uh, Sylvester lights a rocket on his back. The rocket takes off without him. Okay. Sylvester tries a, a swing from, from the same point where he, he did, did the umbrella thing. And I loved this one. I loved this one because he swings down and the visual of like a dozen bulldogs attacking the swing when it comes up. And then back down and then empty swing. So good. And so simple. So simple. Oh, man. And so now we have the ending, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I, I this is the part where you usually go before that. Um, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, now we have the ending where Sylvester figures out that the, the way of getting the bulldogs to go away is by painting his tail and making them think he's a skunk. But the thing is, is that not only does this end up being the final gag of a Sylvester cartoon, he's inadvertently made himself into the opening gag of a Pepe Le Pew cartoon. So Pepe Le Pew rushes in and embraces him. This is incredible. It, it is. And like, what a punchline. It's the only oh. time... That a Chuck Jones creative creation shows up in a fish feeling cartoon organically and not fabricated by clips or whatever. This is an actual animated gag they did for a 50s Looney Tunes cartoon. And it's so damn funny. It is, because I, I mean, so like, it's amazing. I mean, so like, that was the one trivia I had with cartoon. I was like, oh, Pebble Pew shows up. 
And uh, I'd say I'd say this, but yeah, I with um, how to say this it doesn't annoy people. Um, I suppose with how the climate is, you know, uh, apparently Pepe Le Pew is fine. Yeah, it's awfully hot they, right now. They 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 showed a Pepe Le Pew cartoon during uh Turner Classic Movies big April. Warnerathon that they showed uh, Sentimental Romeo uh, during this marathon. So nope. Pepe is allowed to be on TV again, which is great. But yes. I, I have a feeling like two or three years ago, when they weren't even airing Legion on TV, but like two or three years ago, this would probably have been the only way to watch a Pepe Le Pew in a cartoon on TV. It would probably be this uh, this uh, short. It works, though. It's all good now, it and it's out. really, it's really fucking funny. It's just, just a great way to end the yeah. cartoon too, which is so damn fun. No, it's it's fantastic. And again, uh, even Foster and Freeling must have known that would have been a fun addition. Is the logical conclusion? That's like, okay, yeah. he, he makes himself look like a skunk. Wait a minute, why do I feel like we've done this before? Oh, wouldn't <laughs> it be funny if we did this? It just goes on over the Chuck. Hey, uh, Chuck, yeah. Listen, first last. No, no, honestly, considering how they did, uh, supposedly how they did gag work during the old days, it's very possible as they're like, yeah, they turn into a skunk, and then Chuck just just pipes in, hey, um, what if, like, Pepe the Pew? I got skunk character, don't want to use Pepe the Pew? It's like, oh my god, yeah, that'd be fantastic. It's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, use him, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's like, listen, it's... Yes, the directors of Looney Tunes, they had, like, their characters, like, you know, oh, if it's a blah, blah, character, it's probably Chuck, probably Chuck Jones short, it's probably his feeling short. But it wasn't law, you know? Like, it's, I pre- it was very much like, yeah, sure, use my character, I don't care. We're all in the same business here. It's had to be funny. But, um, but, yeah. Yeah. Dude, this... What a great way to end a cartoon. <laughs> and and th- this whole short was great as well. Uh, the reveals is what it really was. set this apart. You know, it's not just... Because a lot of the time, very few times, you see Sylvester actually get, like, beaten up in this. It's A lot of it is the reaction. It's the aftermath. Which makes it yes. kind of a different type <laughs> of certain Tweety cartoon in its, in its execution. Than other shorts would, yeah. and for that, I mean, it's 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 much it's a lot more creative, and I really did like the reveal, um, the the reveal mentality that the short runs on. Yes, because there are so many good ones and so many different ways of letting the audience in on what's going on and how it's going to go badly for Sylvester. Uh, I like this one a whole lot, uh, just like I really enjoy Ain't She Tweet, which is the sort of original version of this. It's a series of quick gags with only one funny payoff, and it's just playing around with that. Most of these didn't need Tweety Alt that much at all, uh, as the Bulldogs yeah, and Sylvester really... got in the fight themselves. I loved Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the one thing, is that it's really it's... not a Tweety and Sylvester cartoon. It's really much like, like, you could replace there. Tweety with yeah, anyone, which I'm not going to put it too hard uh, against it, but, uh, but yeah. It still works. You know, it's still really funny and, and just some some incredible gag work all the way through this.
Um, I give it a 4.5 out of 5. I'm giving it a 5 out of 5 annual rating. I greatly enjoyed this one. You're allowed. <laughs> I did. I don't, mm-hmm. ha- I don't hand those out lightly. I'm allowing you to. But, uh, yeah. No, clearly you don't. But, um... Oh, by the way, in case anyone... I don't know if anyone's going to bring that up. Yes, we know there's one more 90s Looney Tunes short to cover that involves that damn frog. We yeah. know. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Uh, You'll notice that Mark's not exactly clamoring for it, but, you know. That damn frog is going to be the end of me, I'm telling you. Um... Oh, yeah, it will. I'm going to be on my deathbed, and I'll just sit there thinking, that goddamn frog. What do you say? No, 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 it's just like, hello, my baby, hello, my honey. Oh, no, it's like, Oh, we gotta get that thing fixed. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see what you guys have to say about these three um, uh, Sylvester and Tweety cartoons. All right, uh, two usual um, commenters here um, have some thoughts on this week's episodes. First of all, um, Winger on his Termite Terrace Club um, Looney Terrace account says, uh, "Birdie and the Beast, Tweety's second outing with Bob Clampett, packed with fun gags." Uh, Tweety's SOS, one of the earlier Tweety and Sylvester pair-ups with him maintaining uh, his original persona while making him seasick. Dog pounded, he says, Sylvester carried the whole short. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He really did. I like that. And again, I have, we we really liked uh, ones like Dog Pounded, and it makes us want to do uh, the other one uh, with with the, the Here Lions gag uh, sometime soon. I have a comment here from uh, frequent commenter Spiderus. At Spiderus Prime 2, who, who says, Birdie and the Weast, I mean Beast, is what Tweety slash Orson was before he teamed up with Sly. Patrick. It says West. It was a lot of weast. funny. Oh. You're fired again. Um, a lot of funny. Yeah. Did he know this? He, like, if, if he put in a, a SpongeBob reference, we have no choice but to go through with it. Um, okay. A lot of funny gags with that dopey cat. Tweety SOS is your standard Tweety and Sly short, but on a cruise ship or research ship to Skull slash Odo slash Infant Island. Its gags are okay. Yes. Yeah, we did like uh, Tweety's SOS, even if it is like the beginning of the sort of standard era of Tweety and Sylvester cartoons. It's a good standard. And, you know, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're coming up on it in like two weeks, but um, a Sylvester and Tweety cartoon that takes place on Skull Island <laughs> would be hilarious. <laughs> You know, it's just like, like, Tweety befriends King Kong. Oh my god, yeah. To get him, King Kong just beats the shit out of Sylvester. Oh man, the IPs were in time. No! Not hard. But hard. Is it King Kong in the public domain? I don't know. I mean, the moot? I'm pretty sure it is. So maybe Walmart could do that if they wanted to. 
Alright, thank you so much for your reviews, everyone. Alright, so before we tell you what's going on in next week's episode, we first want to thank our patrons who give over at the That's Not Quite All Folks Patreon at patreon.com backslash TNQAF. We specifically like to thank Andrew, James Irish, Triscrew, and Samuel A.R. Adams, the person, not the drink. Right, and I have a butt in before we do um, the the what we're doing oh. next week as well. We are going to need you guys' help for one of our upcoming episodes. So we're we're because obviously we record these very far in advance, and you know, like right now we're recording this one. It is mid-April. By the time this comes out, it's going to be mid-May. And so there's one that we're going to be doing that's going to go out in, I think, early July. And it's a shorts episode. And we're doing, we have, we have a theme for it. It's, it's going to be about, um, I'll, 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 expl- I'll explain the theme of it when I get to it. But yeah, we're doing this um, short, uh, we're doing the shorts episode uh, for July. And we have two cartoons already picked up for it. And we want to be a bit more interactive. And so we are leaving the third up to you guys. And I mean, this is this is not your everyday episode, to say the least. No. And we want to make sure that you guys have a hand in as well. So right now, as this episode has been released, today at 1 p.m., or at least the 15th at 1 p.m., so maybe it's already out of May, on both our Twitter and our Instagram, we're putting up a post where you guys are going to be able to respond to the following prompt, which is, what is the best Porky Pig short we have not covered? Now... We're being very careful with how we phrase that because uh, we've already covered a lot of big Porky Pig shorts. And what is weird is that the best Porky Pig short we may have we have not covered yet may be something along the lines of Baby Bottleneck and Bye Bye Bluebird. But don't pick those because we're already doing those in the yes, episode. Yeah. So, yeah, again, it's going to be a Golden Age short. So... Only a Mel Blanc or even Joe Doherty 30s uh, Porky Pig. Please, again, it's got to be something we have not covered yet. So uh, no wearing of the grin, no the Dexters, no nothing like that. Yeah, if there's a Porky Pig short that we have not covered from the Golden Age that you would like to see us cover on the podcast, uh, yeah, uh, comment it on Twitter and Instagram at, at that underscore Looney on both of them. Uh, we're going to give you guys a week to submit your suggestions, and then after that, we're going to look them over, uh, figure out four or so top suggestions out of those, and then we're going to put them on a poll on Twitter, and can we do Instagram polls? Yes, we can. Oh, yeah, we're going to put it on a poll on Twitter and Instagram, and you guys are going to vote from the top four, and then from there, we will have our third short for that three short episode. And the winner of that will then be, I mean, you'll find out when we um, build the episode at the end of uh uh, uh, the previous episode, um, and obviously we're going to cover it on that one. Uh, I'm, I'm being repetitive, I know, but I'm, you know, you got to be. No, no, you, you've been, you've been very clear. And look, we can't say why it's a special-ish episode. We're going to save that for when we announce the episode. Yeah. We're being cagey for a reason, folks. And I yeah. think that whatever reason that is, I think you are going to enjoy. But yeah, um, if you got a Porgy Pig short that you're clamoring for us to cover from the Golden Age, let us know and we'll consider it and you can vote on uh, that eventually. Yeah. So 
Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and of course, uh, when the post goes live, uh, that link will be in the episode description. So, okay, yes, this is all very exciting, and that's for uh, something in July. But as for what's happening immediately next. Ah, uh, yes. So, in next week's show, you know, it's funny because uh, we brought up how we've previously covered a uh, Tweety and Sylvester on a cruise ship plot in an episode when we covered Sebastian Tweety Mysteries. So, uh, we are off for next week's show, as again, as a lead-up to the movie episode that is focused on Tweety. <laughs> we'll leave that hint there. Uh, Gee, I wonder which one we're doing. Yeah. Uh, for next week's episode, we're going to be looking at two more episodes of the Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. Yes, a show we really, really yeah, like. And what's funny is... Two, one of these episodes is actually because of, of course, you realize this means podcast. Because I, I, I was listening to Jonathan's um, interview with the uh, Cahills, who helped, uh, you know, write Carrot Block, the very, very prevalent 90s Looney Tunes folk. And they talked about Fashion yeah. Tweety Mysteries. Yeah. And they brought up this one plot line that they wrote in an episode. Where the second I heard it, I immediately looked it up and, and put it into the document. So, um, see if you can guess which one it is. So, the episodes we're covering next week are The Maltese Canary and It Happened One Night Before Christmas. I think it's that one. Ding! Yes. Yes, because apparently, <laughs> according to the writers, what it, the, the pitch was... What if Granny Tree and Sylvester went after the bad guy from It's a Wonderful Life? What if they, what if they went after <laughs> Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life? Mr. Potter. I'm like, holy shit, I totally want to see Sylvester and Tweety go after Mr. Potter. <laughs> now, keep in mind. I haven't seen... So expect to hear a lot of Jimmy Stewart impressions. Which wasn't at all part of why I picked that episode, but okay, yeah, I guess we could do that. No, 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 that's fair. Oh, boy. That's That'll what we're covering fun. next week, so uh, stay stay tuned for that. And in that episode, uh, we'll, uh, we'll announce what the movie is. Is that Kevin already fucking could be guessed? Anything. Hey, listen, we could have broken into Warner Brothers and snuck a copy of Acme vs. Coyote up our butt cheeks, okay? Well, uh, there's a lot of things I'd like to shove up David Zaslav's butt cheeks, but... Um, uh, but not today. But that's besides the point. That's the part, so stay tuned for that next week. All right, so that's the end of this week's episode. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Calum1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If I keep up with the podcast, give your thoughts for next week's episode, or give your recommendations for uh, Porky Pig shorts, you can follow us at that underscore loony, both on Twitter and Instagram. Or type in the podcast title. We are the first results. Yeah, and Mark's on vacation this week, so I'm doing all the tweets. So uh, <laughs> if there's anything chaotic that you ever wanted, if there's anything chaotic you ever wanted to ha have the that's not quite all folks Twitter uh, respond to you about, then um, this is your week, baby. And folks, where I'm going, 
one, I won't need roads. But two, <laughs> um, I won't have any cell service. So I'll have no idea what Jordan does on it. So have fun with that. So I'm going to have some fun. I will. I said I will. Uh, you can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are really available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. You can follow our YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. We have animatic um, videos based on clips from episodes. Uh, some of those come out every two weeks or so. There should be another one up on the pipe. You can also uh, subscribe to our Patreon uh, from anywhere from a dollar to five dollars. You can be on the ground floor of some amazing things that we're cooking up for you and support us in our endeavor to uh, do these things uh, without having to mortgage our homes. This includes um, such perks for you guys as early access to episodes, live streams uh, or replays of live streams, uh, exclusive commentaries that you guys get to vote on, uh, and much, much, much more. So uh, find us at Patreon slash TNQAF. So until next week, I'm Jordan. And I'm Mark. And uh, so long, folks. I'm going to the Bahamas. Woo! So long, suckers. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh...